awesome. Well, we, we had a fantastic first service. We had five testimonies shared. And I'm just to encourage you, you didn't miss them, but you're going to have to go online to watch them. When uh, Pastor Tyler puts the sermon together, he'll put all the testimonies in, and you can watch that online because there was just some incredibly powerful testimonies this morning, which you're going to hear again in just a moment. Well, today is uh, really about people that have come here today, and they're celebrating the fact that they have placed their faith in a person named Jesus Christ, how he's come into their life and brought such a change to them that they're literally going to put themselves on public display and tell you about that change in just a few minutes. They're going to share how a thing called sin separated them from the life that God intended for them. And that now that Christ has come into their life, they're gaining victory over this thing called sin, and they're beginning to live with God and for God. And that's really what this baptism thing is really all about. Let's read a scripture that celebrates that. I just love this. This is from the Message Bible, Romans chapter 6. That's what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into a new country of grace a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us raised into a light-filled world by our Father so we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Wow. So this is what the symbolism that you're about to see is they, they come up and they, they get dunked in a big tank of water and it's a burial of the old life and a resurrection into the new life and that's really what it means and you often hear the term maybe shared, that's what it means to be born again. That you're leaving behind the old life of sin and you're being resurrected into a new life of grace with God. So what is this thing called sin you keep talking about, Pastor Greg? Well, sin is just living independently from God, saying, I don't really need God in my life. I can do fine on my own, and I'm just going to do my own thing. And so God would call that that self-centered life. He would say that's a thing called sin. And uh, you might say to me, well, who is God to tell me what sin is, and why should I listen to him? Well, just think about this in a different way. If God is good, and God is your creator and he created you, wouldn't it be incumbent on him to provide you with instructions for your life? If you've been created by God, wouldn't it be, you know, unkind of him to not share with you uh, things that might hurt you and, or, and to fail to share with you the things that might help you? And so really that's what this is about. And, uh, you know, I've, we've often heard this term before and I love it. You know, the Bible, a way to remember the word Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Uh, because we're not done here. This is not the end of the story. And so many of us would need to understand that we need instructions from God to help us through life. And you think, well, I don't know if that's so true. But just think how poor we are even when we don't have instructions. I'm going to give you some instructions that are listed on common products and I want you to understand how those instructions got there. They got there because somebody violated the basic principles of the operating instructions, and so they had to include 
these extra things in their operating instructions. So let's just go through a couple of these. On the packaging of a Rowenta iron, do not iron clothes while on your body. What's this steam button for? Not good, okay? You understand? This is, somehow there's a lawsuit that came into this that they had to add that. This is a good one. On Boots Children's Cough Medicine, do not drive a car or operate heavy machinery after taking this medication. If your children are operating heavy machinery in the first place or driving a car, there's a bigger problem than Boots Children's Cough Medicine. Are you with me? This is the most terrifying one. I do not know what it means, but just let your imagination go. Here it comes. On a Japanese food processor, not to be used for the other use. <laughs> we do not know what that means, but it terrifies every person of Japanese origin. They're like, oh, yes, I see, I understand. On Salisbury peanuts, warning may contain nuts. <laughs> this is the most terrifying of all of them. On a Swedish chainsaw, do not attempt to stop the chain with your hands or between your legs. <laughs> I know, it's brutal. Uh, on a microwave oven manual, do not use for drying pets. Yucks. <laughs> By far the most interesting of all of them, here it is. On a, count, on a can of air freshener, for use by trained professionals only. I just use your bathroom. You might want to send in a trained professional <laughs> to, pre <laughs> to press that thingamajiggy. Just saying. <laughs> Somehow that got in there. I don't understand it. Let me give you one last one. And there's always some kid that needs to hear this right now. On a box of fireworks, do not put in your mouth. Dude, check this out. <laughs> that, that doesn't go well. Every dentist in the room said, do not put a firework in your mouth. Okay, there you go. So if God, if God has to give us, in, or we have to correct instructions because we're so, you know, we so blow it sometimes, doesn't it make sense that... Uh, God would give us these great instructions. Let me give you one last one. Here it is. And this is actually a lawsuit. And it won one of the stupidest lawsuits awards. And um, $1.3 million was awarded uh, against Winnebago. And this is how the story came about. So this guy gets in his new, brand new Winnebago. He's driving. He sets the cruise control well on the highway. Gets up to make himself a cup of coffee. The Winnebago careens out of control, smashing into other vehicles and causing a lawsuit of $1.3 million, which he won because they failed to put this on the, on the instructions, which they've changed since. Warning, cruise control does not act as an autopilot device. Operators must maintain control of vehicle at all times. Wow. Now, here's the thing, guys. God is so amazing. Not only does he give us these instructions for life, but he also makes provision for when we violate the instructions. And that thing, that when we violate those instructions, God calls that thing sin. And so God has made a way to provide for us a way of being free from this thing called sin. And that's what you're going to hear a little bit about today as these people get up to share their testimonies about how they exchanged this thing called sin and this self-centered life for a God-centered life and walking with God and with others 
in this life together. We're going to call it the great exchange. Let's hear the testimonies of these people. Pastor Peter, come and lead us through what it means that these people have gone through a great exchange. All right. right. The great exchange. Wonderful. Well, we will invite up our first baptism candidate, uh, Kirk, come on up. You're going to catch a theme throughout church family that um, I just called you the church family. Family is really the theme. We have couples, we have siblings, and we together are the family of God. Amen? And so it's cool to catch uh, that testimony throughout the baptisms today. This is Kirk, everyone. Welcome, Kirk. Good to have you sharing your testimony with us. <laughs> All right, why don't you share with us right now? Morning, everyone. Hi, my name is Kirk. I live in Mournville. I've been coming to this church for a couple of years now. And previous to that, I grew up in Edmonton, in a non-religious household. So I never knew what God really was. I heard about it, but that was it. Um, so the only time I ever heard was when my grandma would pray with me when I was a child. So growing up, I felt like I had a pretty decent life as a child, but as I got older, my family had to move around a lot. Went through some difficult times and I never really knew what my future held. And I felt quite lost a lot of the time. Uh, in my teenage years and for my family that I started to get, oh, sorry, I skipped some parts. <laughs> so, uh, let's start. So it went until I met my wife and her family that I started to get to know God more and wanted to grow my faith and start a relationship with them. Knowing God now, I know that he uh, forgives and loves us unconditionally as we love our children. I have a six-month-old now, so I realize that. I would have loved to have known the Lord, uh, if I can read my writing, have the guidance I do now when I was younger knowing now not to fear for what the future holds and to trust what the Lord has placed because he wants only what's best for us. And he's shown me that he will always be there regardless of your past. Taking that first step to start creating that relationship with God is something I will never regret. He has blessed my family and I with so much and I feel I'm ready to be baptized and I will continually grow and share my faith to others. So my advice to any new believers, don't be scared of what people are going to think or say, because, you know, it's, it's just your faith, and God loves us. Uh, have faith, and pray often, and just talk to others about the Lord. So in uh, my Bible verses, Thessalonians 2, 11 to 12, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Hey, as Kirk was sharing, I just want to encourage you, church. Kirk grew up in a household, a non-faith household, no experience of church. But he had a grandma. You mentioned your grandma. 
prayed for you. Yeah, and then you married into a household where your wife grew up as a believer. And I just think of all the many times where I've had different people in our church say, I'm praying for my son. I'm praying for my grandson. This is why you pray. This testimony right here. He's up on stage, he's sharing about how he's come into a relationship with Christ. And so Kirk's testimony brings such hope to those of you who are praying for loved ones. Amen? Amen. Let's baptize you, buddy. Here we go. We added some hot water after the first service, so hopefully it's still like a hot tub. Come on over to the very end. There you go. have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Then upon confession of your faith, Kirk, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having been buried with Jesus and raised to a new life. So good. Awesome. And Kirk's wife, Katie, is there passing him the towel. And we'll invite Katie to come now. All right. Come on over, Katie. So we got a husband and a wife. And Grandma's holding baby, or at least she was holding baby over there. A little six-month beautiful daughter. Awesome, Katie. Well, why don't you share your testimony with them? Hi, my name is Katie. I'm from Warmville. I grew up in a Christian household and went to church every once in a while. Growing up and through my teenage years, I was never really interested in learning about God, although I knew he was important. Throughout the years, my mom shared her relationship with the Lord and helped me understand more about him. Things like the Lord already having future plans laid out and that following his path and praying will provide me with many blessings. I went through some difficult times as a young adult, but during these times, I felt even more close to God. He never took away any of the difficult times, but I know he helped me through them. I spent more time praying and slowly getting to know him. Many of my prayers were answered. Things like meeting my husband, who is a perfect match for me. The Lord also helped us get through some life lessons and even blessed us with our little daughter, Vienna. The love I have for my daughter is so deep, and I know the Lord's love for each of us is even greater than that. I felt more at peace knowing the Lord. I know he loves us knowing we were all created imperfectly while also forgiving our sins. Since putting my trust in him, he has helped me conquer many obstacles and helped me thrive to be the best version of me. I will keep praying and spreading the word of God so more people can get to know him. One of my favorite Bible verses is Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and future. I'm choosing to be baptized because I want to be obedient to the Lord and keep growing my faith. Amen. 
And I just wanted to say what a foundation Kirk and Katie are laying down for their little one. Amen. Being baptized today. Beautiful. All right. Well, Katie, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Amen. All right. Well, upon confession of your faith, Katie, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having been buried with Christ and raised to a brand new life. Okay, we're going to keep the family theme going right now. Uh, Katie's little sister, April. Come on up, April. How proud are Bob and Bonnie today? Hey, all their kids being baptized. So exciting. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Are you ready, April? Here we go. Okay. My name is April Provost, and tomorrow I'm turning 15 years old. I lived in Mournville my whole life and grew up in a Christian household. My family loves to go to church each Sunday. We say grace before dinner and prayers each night. We talk to God often. I don't know when I accepted Christ into my life, but I do remember my parents asking me if I believe in Jesus. Now that I'm older, I have my own relationship with God. I know he is with me, listens, and answers my prayers. He gives me his peace when I'm struggling or needing to make a decision. My family prayed about making new connections and friendships, and so quickly God came through for us all. Not too long ago, I was going through a difficult time with a friendship and felt the Lord was leading me to make other friends. My mom and I prayed specifically about that, and God came through for me so quickly. He brought me two amazing friends, Katie and Grace. I know God is real. loves us and meets our needs. God is so good. I now have also met so many amazing people in this church, the Friday Impact Youth Group, and leaders are a blessing. I've chosen to be baptized because I want to be obedient to God and live my life through him. The Bible says when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came onto him like a dove, and I want that too. One of my favorite Bible verses is Proverbs 3, verse 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Oh, beautiful. I love the celebration of new friends and coming to youth ministry and being impacted by the leaders. And there's a whole other church that happens on Friday nights here at the Father's house, and it's so special that you're a part of that, April. Amen. 
Amen. I just feel, just to declare over you, April, you said the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in a powerful and a fresh way when he was baptized. And so, Holy Spirit, I just believe for that, for April. Holy Spirit, come, pour over her like living waters, even as she is baptized today, that she would experience your Holy Spirit in a fresh and new way. Amen. April, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Amen. Then upon confession of your faith, April, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to a new life. So we're going to invite up uh, Greg Warbeck. Come on up, man. Come on up. Give Greg a hand as he comes. It, it looks really long, but I had to space it out because I'm really blind. So my journey started when I was about 11 years old. I was brought up in the Roman Catholic Church, um, went to Catholic schools my whole life, and I was an altar boy for two years. Uh, I loved the feeling of the church, I loved the feeling of the community, and I knew that I wanted this to keep rolling for the rest of my life. Um, I longed for it every day, but it was not the church. As I grew older, I became extremely disenfranchised with the Catholic Church, and I felt myself drifting away. And as I did that, the feeling I longed for each day was dimming inside me. The world and all of its trappings had me in its grasp. I wanted more, more things, more useless items that I'd placed great value on gaining more and more was the goal, the drive and my desire. And I felt empty inside. Alone in rooms filled with people, I was lost and I could not see why. I was wandering through life, feeling dead, and I had no real joy in my life. My life began to change in the most drastic of ways the very first time I saw my beautiful wife. God's plan was beginning that day, and it was the start. I was getting ready that morning in my office with my resignation letter in hand to hand it in. I had planned it for weeks, and I knew that this was the day that I was going to do it. But God had a very, very different plan for me. He had sent Christina, and, as, and he wanted me to follow his plan. I did not hesitate, and I ripped up my resignation immediately that morning. As we became closer, I could feel something inside that I knew was missing. His light was starting to shine again inside of me. It was a small light, and I, but I knew it was him, and it was working inside of me. As we were growing and learning about each other, there were some hard times, but his will was always there guiding me. Even when I thought things were not what I wanted, I could feel that it was what he wanted for me. The more we grew together, the more the light inside me was growing. I was sent someone to share the journey with. My life was growing each day, or my faith was growing each day. I was changing in ways I never thought possible. Old wounds healing, fears leaving, and my heart had become, um, as my heart had become cold and closed, now it was opening up and I was seeing others who were not me was not about all about me and this was very humbling to me in his plan he has shown me I have a partner in whom 
I never need to feel any bad or judgment for my beliefs. It's the exact opposite. And we both can rejoice in his word together. The changes inside me still amaze me daily. I was a city guy born and raised, but that was not the community I longed for. We have been guided out here. The perfect group, the perfect church, and the perfect community. This is a... <laughs> it's true. It's very true. This is the reason I know without any doubt in my heart that this is the perfect time to reaffirm my love for and commitment to Jesus. I can never repay Jesus for his graces, his love, and his guidance in my life. The way he has changed me, I cannot adequately put into words, with the exception of amazement. I can also never repay my wife for standing beside me in my walk with God, but I do thank her with all my heart, as I do my whole family. And last but not least, by any means, I thank you, Pastor Peter, and I thank you, Pastor Greg, um, and all of you for being here. Excuse me. You welcomed us into this community, and it really means a lot. So in Jesus' name, let's say amen. Awesome. So good. Amen. I love how Greg's testimony includes his wife. And for all of you praying wives, praying for your hubbies, are you hubbies praying for your wives? Again, what a beautiful testimony today that it took a spouse journeying with her husband for him to come back to faith and then to journey with the church family as well. It's amazing. All right, well, Greg Warbeck, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And do you commit to living with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Amen. Well, then, upon confession of your faith, Greg, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Jesus and raised to a new and better life. Okay, Christina Warbeck, you are up. Yeah. And we're going to leave Greg shivering over there while he watches his wife get baptized. So <laughs> you're doing okay? The water was warm. Amen. All right. Okay, Christina, share your testimony with us. Morning, church. Uh, I became a Christian at the age of eight when I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior at Sturgeon Lake Bible Camp. I'm a big supporter of Bible Camp. <laughs> I was living with my dad at the time, but I would visit my mom in the summers. My mom taught me a lot about Jesus, specifically the women in the Bible. But I remember going home from Bible Camp at 8, and I was quite upset with her. She never actually told me that I had to ask Jesus into my heart and declare him as my Lord and Savior. And I felt like I just stumbled on this little nugget <laughs> and I wondered why we weren't talking about this more or maybe I wasn't listening and that was just my time. I remember how God helped me through my childhood years when I didn't feel like I was enough comparing myself to others. I always thought, yeah, but I'm a Christian and I have God and there's nothing better than that. And that's how I saw things and it got me through. I never felt alone or unloved 
which I know is such a gift. And then in my late teens, I fell away. I don't know what I was searching for or why I started getting into trouble, but I was convicted from time to time. I had this strange confidence that one day I would come back to God and live my life for him, but for a while I was lost. I had in mind one day I'd marry a Christian man and we would raise a loving Christian family. No white picket fence, just a loving home. And when Greg and I met, we came from very different experiences. We loved each other, but we had no clue how to make our relationship work. We had a rough few years, and that's when I met God again. Engaged to be married, but crying on my knees. Wondering whether I should marry this man and continue with this roller coaster or run away. I prayed and I prayed, asking God to make this decision, but I was so conflicted. Why does it seem like God wanted us together when it's not the perfect relationship? Well, we got married, but it definitely wasn't like they say about the honeymoon years. And a few years later, I read a book called Sacred Marriage, still praying every day for God to just please fix it. The book's sub subtitle is what if God desired marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? And that was a game changer. And as the years went on, things were slowly getting better as our faith grew stronger. It was clear to me that God was working miracles in us. We were both being drastically transformed. As we grew closer to God, we grew closer as a couple. And I know that God has such a bigger plan. He walks with us through the valleys. Two broken and lost people from two different worlds with a spark for the Lord, we have a beautiful, grace-filled story. He mended my broken heart and healed old wounds and fueled that spark into a fire to know him more intimately and love my husband fiercely. I've been so blessed. We have two beautiful girls and that loving home I prayed for. In fact, so many prayers answered. One more quick story. <laughs> my relationship with my mom dissolved about nine years ago. For reasons I may never understand, we had almost no contact for eight years. I mourned the loss of my mom in 2013, the same year my dad passed away. It was a dark and painful year, and I, although my mom was living, she was just not around. She missed the biggest things in my life, like my wedding and the birth of my children. And last year, she suddenly got very ill. She had no one left and God prompted me to go to her. I try to listen closely to what God puts on my heart, so I went, and it's incredible. I felt no resentment, no anger, no remorse. God had truly healed my heart, and she accepted me back, and we've been close again ever since. The healing God has done on our hearts is far beyond human capacity. He has done miracles to bring us back together, and I'm overcome by his blessings. So it's about time I get baptized today. I was baptized as a baby in the Catholic Church, so it took me a while to get over that, and finally to up here. But it feels so right here at TFH with amazing leadership and community. I'm getting baptized today because I'm committed to live more like Jesus and be a disciple to others. And I'll just share the one verse in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you. <laughs>
Isn't it incredible how the perfect Son of God comes into imperfect people and imperfect relationships and works wonders and works miracles? That's the theme that I caught from your testimony today, Christina. Amen. Well, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And are you committed to living with him and for him for the rest of your life? I am. Amen. Upon confession of your faith, Christina, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Jesus and raised to new life. Okay, Clinton Wall, come on up. Give Clinton a hand as he comes. All right. <laughs> awesome. This is Clinton, everyone. And, and right after this, Clinton's wife, Ashley, is going to be baptized. So it's kind of a special day for your family, isn't it? Yeah, and I know you have friends in the room and family as well. Yeah, got a fan club there, Clinton. This is awesome. <laughs> okay, why don't you go ahead and share your testimony with us? Morning. Uh, my name is Clinton, uh, born and raised in Sherwood Park. We make the drive out here every Sunday. Um, been coming to this church now for about a year and a half. Um, was raised in a Christian home, and I, at the time, kind of took it for granted. Um, looking at it now, I can see it was a, a massive blessing um, in my life. Uh, I asked Jesus into my life at a very young age, went to church, did missions trips, uh, for most of my life, my Christian walk can be best explained as on the fence. And kind of what I mean by that is I was not really doing the things I knew God wanted me to do, but I wasn't doing detrimental things to my life. I wasn't getting into any drugs or alcohol or sex, those kinds of things. Um, about a year, just about a year ago, Ashley and I got married. Um, and we have been dating for about seven years, got married last summer, and now we are expecting actually a baby boy in about two weeks. Um, coming into a relationship, a real relationship with God, started just before Ashley and I got engaged, which was about two years ago. Um, Ashley's brother, Justin, actually was really pushing us to start going to church again. We went through kind of a lull of not attending church. So Justin kind of got us back into going to church again, once we did, I just felt engaged and eager to keep coming. The excitement to come to church was real and definitely not the same as when I was a child. With that excitement, Ash and I started talking about wanting more Christian friends and Christian couples that were around us. Um, really, actually, really quickly after that, Jesus responded to that and asked me to do three things. They were no more alcohol, no sex before marriage, and to start tithing. Um, so it was actually, a, it was incredibly clear in my mind. I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was in the forefront of my mind. I told a mentor in my life, and he just told me that those things are all godly things and seem pretty clear it is from God, and that the devil would not tell you to do those things. So <laughs> I, I discussed it with Ashley, and we agreed to both do it together. Um, and it just turned out to be nothing but healthy for our relationship as a couple and really enabled myself to have a real relationship with God. Uh, a short time later, we joined with a small group. It, it's funny how kind of after doing those three things, it just kind of all fell in place, a small group formed, 
and those Christian couples, Christian friends, they, that, that's the group that we are surrounded with. Um, so it is built up to a group of 13. We meet every week, and that's just been like a special part of our life as well. Um, so with a newborn coming in two weeks, I'm excited to be a father, but today is about pleasing my Father in heaven and publicly confessing him as Lord. Um, a verse in my mind right now is Acts 16, verse 31. It is, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Um, and the part that really resonates with me is the part about the household. Um, I'm doing this today as a step of faith because I need the Holy Spirit and God's salvation for myself, but also for my family. And it's this, a step in building my house on a rock um, and a foundation that cannot be shaken. What a testimony. And how amazing is it to be doing this just a couple of weeks before their baby boy comes, putting down a foundation for a Christian home. Amen? Wonderful. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Clinton, have you believed in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Well, then upon confession of your faith, Clinton, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having been buried with Christ and raised to new life. Every time I grab a microphone with wet hands, I'm like, am I going to get electrocuted? You know, like, it's just the first thought that goes through my head. So, yeah, if you see me twitching, okay, all right. <laughs> Ashley Wall, come on over. Come on over. Here is Clinton's wife, Ashley. Yeah. Now, I have to say, there were a few jokes among the pastoral staff about a water birth, you know? Like, yeah. Um, and I'm sure we could come up with some kind of a prophetic message if that were to happen, you know, about new life and born again and amen. So this is amazing what God is doing in this family. And I just commend you both for the journey that you have taken. And um, it's amazing. And so, Ashley, go ahead and share your testimony. Thank you. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Ashley. Um, my husband, Clinton, just got baptized and we've been attending church here. Um, for about three and a half, or a year and a half now. Um, I became a Christian when I was about eight years old. I distinctively remember learning what that meant and making that choice to choose Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I was raised in a Christian home, and I attended a Christian school, so most of growing up, Christianity was the norm, and I was surrounded by a lot of Christian people. I don't want to discredit how blessed I am to have been raised this way, because I believe that a lot of the foundations of my faith were built in this stage, However, coming from a sheltered childhood, I never really developed a reason or had a circumstance early on that made my faith my own. So when things eventually got harder, um, I didn't choose to lean on God. My parents had a bit of a rough relationship, which eventually led to divorce, and this was very formative in shaping my worldview and faith. I can now look back and see that this is where I began to harden my heart against God 
and specifically his whole design for marriage and a family. I became very driven by the idea of independence and self-reliance through career and thought my value was only defined by how successful I could become on my own. Um, during this time, my faith was not absolutely absent, but I, you could not see God in any area of who I was. Um, I deep down knew I needed God, and I needed to change, but I had quite a resistance to it. This is where I am overwhelmed by the love and the patience and the mercy God has had for me. It was not by my own doing that I started to soften, but the Lord reached me in my heart and heart through the right relationships with the most amazing people. It's been through my husband, Clinton, that God has revealed to me his rightful design for a family and a godly husband and wife relationship. Sorry. My brother, Justin, um, also started to plant the seed in both of us to attend church. And we live in Sherwood Park. Um, so it seemed a little crazy to come to Mournville every Sunday, but he was so certain that we needed to try. Um, and for the first time in my life, I became very excited about attending church. Um, lastly, this year, we've had an opportunity to form a small group, which has become my spiritual family. These people have become such a big part of my Christian walk and a community where I can see God working, and I'm constantly encouraged. Since I have started to pursue God on a deeper level and surrender to him, my perspective has radically changed. I've been able to find my true identity as a daughter of Christ and experience him as my perfect father and the complete expression of love. My favorite passage in scripture is Psalms 139, where David speaks of how we are purposely made and innately known by him. I'm very excited to be baptized and to take this step of obedience in Christ and, to, and obedience to his lordship over my life. Ashley Wall, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Amen. Well, then, upon confession of your faith, Ashley, in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having been buried with Christ and raised to a new life. catch something that the last two people have said as Debbie comes. Come on, Debbie. They've talked about joining a care group, being a part of a small group, and Debbie, that's part of your testimony. Your, your care group leader, Namara, is here, and so church, how special is it to be a part of a body where it's not just Sundays, but we're encouraging each other during the midweek with Bible study and relationship, and so what an amazing thread to catch on to today. Awesome. Okay, Debbie, you're up. Thank you. Hello, church. Um, my, tes 
My testimony isn't going to be so long. Oh, there we go. Um, I was born into a very dysfunctional family. My father claimed to be atheist and was a heavy alcoholic. I traveled, so since then, I traveled to Australia and Hawaii for eight years. And I became an alcoholic, but I now have 16 years sobriety. Um, I became a Christian back in Hawaii after, and after coming home, my father committed suicide and I fell away from the church. But I met Namera in Morinville and attended her Bible study. So again, I came back to Jesus at the Father's house. And for me, God is just so much love. And often I will talk to God about things in my life. And when I'm quiet and I listen, I found, find my answer to my prayer. I always come back feeling so much love from him. And God loved us so much that he allows us to have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. Oh, beautiful. A celebration of new life, amen? All right. Come on in, Debbie. The water's warm. Yeah. Will it be warm for the second service, though? That's the question, right? <laughs> oh, are you feeling good? Yeah. All right. Debbie Hamilton, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Then upon confession of your faith in Jesus, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having been buried with Christ and raised to a new life. And she has her care group leader there to hug her and wrap her in a towel. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, we got the Morgan Taylor family coming up here. Alexis, Nancy, and Matthew, come on up. Give them all a hand. Yeah. Oh, well, this is awesome. This is exciting. All right. Oh, hold on, I forgot. I got a piece of paper, too. Oh, yeah, okay. You're doing good, Alexis. <laughs> All right. Okay, Alexis, I'm going to ask you some questions, and you can tell the church the answer, all right? Yes, yes. So, Alexis, can you tell us a little bit about your life and how you grew up and how you gave your life to God? Okay. 
I don't remember God has been in my life for a long time. So God has been in her life for a long time, since the very beginning is what she says. Um, Alexis, what has happened in having God in your life for a long time? What, what things has God been teaching you? Jesus made me happy. Jesus died from on the cross. Jesus loves everything. Uh, my dad. Uh, my brother, uh, Jesus loves me. All right. Did everyone catch that? Yeah? Jesus makes me happy. He died on the cross. He loves everybody. He loves my dad and Matthew and the whole family up here. Jesus loves me. Great answer, Alexis. Okay, Alexis, how can others experience what you have experienced? God makes animals as anything. Oh, okay, God. That we are Bible, uh, learn about God's love and Jesus, go to church, uh, watch church, listen to God's song. All right, so Alexis is going to be an amazing preacher. How do you experience what Alexis has experienced? Read the Bible, learn about God, go to church, and your family is one of the most faithful families online. I heard, watch the church online. And she texts me every Sunday and says, I'm watching the church, Pastor Peter. Right, Alexis? Good job. <laughs> all right. Alexis, do you have a favorite Bible story? Why don't you tell us all your favorite Bible stories? Yes, I do. God made animals and elephants. God made the animals. God made everything. Amen. Well, Alexis, let's baptize you right now. Let's go over to the baptism. It's so good to have the family supporting her. Can you climb those stairs, Alexis? You're okay? Do you need a hand? You're good. Look at you. Yeah. All right. Okay, you can step down there, Alexis. Perfect. <laughs> nice and warm, isn't it? Okay, Alexis Morgan Taylor, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Well, then, upon confession of your faith, Alexis, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having been buried with Jesus Christ and raised to a new life. Oh my goodness, she did amazing. She did incredible. Wow, Alexis. Good job. Amen. That girl has a heart for Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Terry Hildebrand, come on over. Amen. Give Terry a hand as she comes now, church. 
Okay, this is Terry, everybody. Um, yeah, Terry, why don't you tell us what your life was like before you gave your life to Jesus? Okay, so I was pretty much raised as a Christian. Um, I was blessed to have my dad give us a solid foundation as kids. But uh, my parents divorced, and when they did, I kind of lost that connection and drifted away. But I knew in my heart that God loved me and that I belonged to him. And uh, through my life, I did resist quite a bit. But as I watched my three oldest children struggle with addiction and, and uh, lost my first husband, and that didn't make it any easier for them. And now I'm married again, and I have three young boys, and I realized that I need to really um, instill God's love into them and try to build that into them and I'm really blessed to still have my dad and he has built a foundation into my two older boys and my daughter and I trust that as I follow him and build a relationship with him he's going to guide my kids and he's going to guide me to help support them to get through this and to let my younger children know him and I know the only way to do that is through God and so we moved for two years, we wanted to get out of Lethbridge to get our kids away from addiction and the drugs. And God blessed us with the home in Busby. And so we came, and my cousin Deborah Robertson brought me to the Father's house. And here I am. And God continues to bless me with good connections. Uh, he continues to provide me with a way to get here on Sunday mornings. and. Yeah, I, I feel like it's time for me to show God that I'm committed to him and that I'm ready to do what he wants me to do and give up control and trust him because that trying to have control hasn't worked for me. <laughs> so, there. so good, awesome. That's a good answer. I'll keep asking the next one, yeah? Okay. Okay, well, Terry, since accepting Jesus, what has changed in your life, and, and what's he been teaching you since you've recommitted your life to him? Okay, so I, I've always known him, but uh, he's been teaching me patience and uh, understanding and, and teaching me that I have to let go of the control I want so badly, and the only way to do that is to forgive myself for the sins that I've committed and to just bow down to him and listen to him and follow his lead. Amen. All right. Well, there's a lot of people in the room and others watching online, Terry, but how can others experience the things that you've experienced, that, that new life and that change of direction? How would you encourage everybody who has come today? I would just say just know that God loves you and he wants to give you the best life and to bring you into his kingdom and show you how to be an example to others and to love others and to make everything in your life resemble him so that people can can see that and know that God is in you and they want that in them. Amen. Yes, great answer. Awesome. All right, last question. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? 
Well, it's kind of a chapter, because as children, when me and my brothers would fight and argue, our punishment would be, but it wasn't really a punishment. We thought it was, but it wasn't. Would be to write out 1 Corinthians 13. So that's my favorite chapter, is the love <laughs> chapter. <laughs> I think I have a new exercise for my children. Yeah. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, amen. You too, Landon, amen. Well done. Give Terry a hand. We're going to baptize you right now. Amen. Well, Terry, I just wanted to commend you. It's a beautiful testimony, not only for yourself, but for your family. And we're just going to believe with you that your entire household, your kids that still struggle with addiction, and it's a process, but the Holy Spirit is working in your family. And I just wanted to encourage you. I just wanted to commend Wayne over there, dad, who has been an anchor in the family and bringing this family to the Father's house and back into the house of the Lord. So amen. Terry, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do, yes. Upon confession of your faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having been buried with Jesus and raised to a new life. Amen. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. We always tell our baptism candidates, you are the message. You are the testimony in the house of the Lord today. So how awesome is that? Pastor Greg is going to share with us for a few more minutes. Thanks, buddy. Well, wasn't that fun? Oh, my gosh. Those were rich testimonies of the goodness of the Lord. I want to read a scripture to you and talk about it just for a couple minutes, and we're going to close with a prayer and a song. The scripture is found in Revelation chapter 12. This is what it says. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God for the, and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. What does this have to say to us today? Well, we live in a world where uh, first and foremost we're in the kingdom of God and we need to understand that the enemy has been cast down. Now has come the salvation, the hope, the life, the presence, the goodness of the kingdom of God. And every person that was up here testifying today shared how they've connected their life to that message of Christ, the goodness of the Lord, the salvation of his son, Jesus Christ. And what have they overcome? The accuser of the brethren was accusing them day and night before God, and we need to understand that the, the, the enemy's job has been to accuse people, to accuse them of their brokenness, to accuse them of their sinfulness, to accuse them day and night, it said. He was accusing and accusing and accusing. And how many of you know we live in a world that is inundated with that accusation? And the reason we live in that world 
I want you to understand is that the accuser has been thrown down. He's no longer accusing you before God. He can't accuse you before God because Jesus Christ has paid the price for sin. He no longer accuses you before God. So what does he do? He gets you to accuse yourself or to accuse others. And don't we live in a world right now where people are accusing everything and, and everything kind of comes back to the problem was with my family, the problem was with the church, the problem is with the government, and everybody's pointing fingers. I'm going to tell you something that changed for every one of these baptismal candidates is they came to a revelation that maybe I'm the problem. I'm not saying the problem for everything, but I'm saying they came to a revelation that I, I, I can't blame, I can't accuse other people. I have to stand before God and say, God, in and of myself, I fall short. In and of myself, I can't do this on my own. And that's becoming aware of our sinfulness. That's becoming aware that my self-centered life, you heard that many times today, that is not going to help me to find hope. And the minute they come to God with that understanding and they say, God, forgive me, Jesus rushes in and makes a thing, what I call the great exchange. When they come to that point of revelation, you see the Bible says that they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb. Well, that sounds weird. What is that all about? Well, not just any lamb. It's talking about the lamb of God. It's talking about Jesus Christ who died for the sins of the world. That's what the Bible says. He died for the sins of the world, especially for those who believe. You know, when you believe that God would be good enough to send his son to take your place and to give you his place, and his place is a place of favor, his place is a place of righteousness, right standing with God, that's the great exchange. And so when you say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins, he takes your place. And that's what happened on the cross. You see the cross in our sanctuary. We've seen crosses all over this world. The cross is a picture of Christ suffering and taking our place and exchanging that, which, that area of our life where we're broken and separated from God and making that incredible exchange. That's what has happened with the blood of the Lamb. Listen to Romans 5. It's, just listen to the scripture. It's beautiful. Christ arrives at the right time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. But even if he, we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble might inspire us to a selfless sacrifice, but God put his life on the line or love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use to him whatever. Now that we've been set right with God by means of his sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question about being at odds with God in any way. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, now that we're at our best, just think how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. Jesus died so that we could make a great exchange. 
And we do that exchange by entering in and sharing the word of our testimony, which you heard today. Every one of these people shared their testimony. And a testimony is a first-hand authentication of a fact. These candidates shared how this is how I was before I let Christ into my life to lead my life, and this is what I'm growing into and becoming. You know, they're saying, I stopped trusting myself, and I started trusting God. How simple is this? Well, listen to Romans 10. It is the word of faith that welcomes God to go to work and to set things right for us. This is the core of our preaching. Say the welcoming word to God, Jesus is my master. Embracing body and soul, God's work of doing in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. That's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. That's salvation. With your whole being, you embrace God setting things right. And when you get out and say it right out loud, God has set everything right between him and me. Isn't that what the candidates did? They're not perfect yet, but they're perfectly loved and perfectly accepted by God. And that's part of their story. And uh, they're saying, you know, I made a great exchange. And their stories become history, and their stories become his story now. And part of that journey is this incredible life with God. This is the testimony. You can't take that away from them. This is their story now. This is what Christ has done in me. You know, we worry sometimes about all the deep theological things, and they're good to know, and they're important. But when it comes down to it, ultimately, we can say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amen? Christ has so embraced these people that this is now their story, their testimony. They've overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. And lastly, really, by not shrinking back, not loving their lives so much as to shrink back from death. What does that mean? It means that God not only accepts them right where they're at, but that God is going to take their lives and move forward with them step by step, line upon line, precept upon precept, and walk with them in life. Aren't you glad that God takes you where you're at, but he loves you too much to stay that way? And this is the journey that Christ has committed to in each one of these people's lives. My wife and I love this scripture. I think it's one of your favorites, Betty, Betty Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You are God's project. God is not your project. And he's a good father. And he will finish the work that he started with these people. Amen? Amen. This is part of the journey and part of the story. I'm going to invite the band to come back. We're going to close with a song now. It's a song, I think, based on this scripture. And we're going to sing this song. And I'm going to invite all of you here today to pray for a moment. We're going to close the service that way. We did really good. We had a bunch of preachers today and we're still on time. Isn't that amazing? God is so good. Hallelujah. Here's the invitation today. You know, we do this publicly because people want to share their faith and they want to put themselves on display to say, I have trusted Christ. But a big part of today's story and why this is done publicly like this 
is to invite others into the story of Christ. You see, I became a Christian when I went to my sister-in-law's baptism service over 30 years ago. And I was a young 21-year-old man, and, uh, and I went to this service, and I listened to all these testimonies, and I listened to how God had impacted and changed the lives of people. And I said, you know what? I, I, I love God, but I don't know him. I want to love him, and I want to know him better. And it was in that moment of surrender in my life at a baptism service like this that my life became changed in every way. I literally changed course. My life, my story became history, and now it became his story. And really, it's been an incredible journey of blessing and life and life abundant in my life. And so the band's going to just get ready to start playing. You can lead us a little bit to some... Thank you, brother. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Greg, I came to watch my cousin, my nephew, my son, my daughter, my friend get baptized. But I know that I need to make things right with God today. God is offering you today a great exchange. He's saying, will you trust my son? Will you say, Jesus, I exchange my unrighteousness, my sin, my self-centeredness, and I want to start becoming God-centered and walking with you in life. Why don't we bow our heads and we're going to pray right now. And if that is you here today, and I remember when I was in this service some 30 years ago, and that pastor, like I'm doing right now, made that invitation, and I felt like the weight of the world was holding my hand down, and I could come up with 1,500 excuses why not to raise my hand. But I'm going to tell you, the moment I said, Jesus, I don't care about any of that stuff. I want what you have for me. I want to make the great exchange. And the moment I did that, the weight of the world came off my hand. And I'll tell you, my life has never been the same. It's been awesome. It's been incredible. It's been hard, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone. God is with me. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Greg, I want to make a great exchange. If you're watching online, you can make that great exchange. As simple as that prayer I prayed out of Romans 10, that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Raise your hand and give me a wave if that's you here today. And you want to join me and these others in saying, yes, yes, I see your hand. Are there others that will join this in raising their hand? Those online, yes, I see your hand in the back. Are there others that will raise, yes, I see your hand in the front. Are there others that will raise their hands and joining Christ, joining these people? Amen and amen. And online, there's a button for you to press, say, I made a first-time commitment or recommitment of my life to Christ. We're going to pray this prayer out loud with these that have raised their hands today. All of us who have ever raised their hand are going to pray together with these two that have raised their hands now. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Now help me to live with him and for him. Forgive my sins and let me walk in victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give these people a hand clap today. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Now we're going to sing a song. It's called Overcome. Is that what we're going to sing? Yeah, we're going to sing that. 
this amazing servant of the Lord is going to serve in a Bible camp as the leader of Foursquare Bible Camp this summer. Is that right? Circle, circle Square. Sorry, Circle Square. Can you bless him as you sing this song? Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to sing this song. We love you, Nick. Thanks for serving our church family. Come on now. Let's sing it together. Amen. Come on, church. Let's sing with attitude. Seated above, thrown in the Father's love. Destined to die, poured out for all mankind. God's only Son, perfect and spotless one. Suffered as if he did. All authority, every victory is yours. All authority, every victory. 
Let's give the Lord Jesus Christ a hand clap today, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you as you go from this place. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious toward you, amen. The Lord give you peace. May he turn his face toward you and bless you as you leave this place. God bless you. Have a great week, church family. We're celebrating Canada Day next week. We're going to have a great service. Come back next Sunday. We welcome you. We love you. Go in God's grace and peace. Welcome and, and just congratulate the baptism candidates. One more time, let's give it up for the baptism candidates in Jesus. Amen. We have cake. We have cake. How could it get any better than this? We have cake. Eat cake. Amen and amen. God bless you.